hits the bag one two and comes back single fist here you hear that beat think outside the box and deal excellent on top of them clocking and sending back to the corner for oxygen golden gloves i know myself rolling. i know the game it's not a game i know the ring i want the belt finding the rhythm to hit him split him and touch him and tip him hit that six pack with that good chat up a cut the bro making them fall down break them all down switch stands tippy toe in the hands give some you are not muhammad ali anomaly and may weather pocky out prodigy in the midst of this this is s2 hot rock think out the box you know i got the rock speed back that would be a little Good night, everybody. Uh, good night, good night. It's already nighttime here in uh, New York City. A little after 10 p.m. on a Wednesday. And uh, I want to get into this topic real quick. This topic about Canelo. Canelo Macabu uh, has been signed to take place. And uh, no surprise here. The uh, haters are out in full effect. It's hating time. You know, I got my uh, power aid zero over here. You know, people have been accusing me recently of sipping on the haterade uh, when it comes to certain boxers. But uh, no, man, I try to keep it real. I try to give a straight down the middle, honest opinion uh, about things. Sometimes I'm not right down the middle because, you know, when people do clown the shit or do stupid stuff or make decisions that I don't agree with. I'm going to call it out. But uh, that's not the case when it comes to Canelo. And it's not the case when it comes to Canelo uh, Macabu. Um, look, I'll be the first to admit, this came out of left field. Um, it was a curveball. You know, it was an own goal, something that caught me a little bit off guard. But I'm not going to sit down and and say that this is a terrible fight. How could Canelo do this? How dare he? He's going up to fight this guy I've never heard of. Well, first of all, I have heard of this dude, um, if I'm going to keep it real. I've I've heard of Makabu. I I saw him, obviously, years back take on Tony Bellew uh, in Liverpool at the – not not Liverpool Stadium, but uh, the the stadium of, uh, of of Liverpool's uh, rivals, um, you know, out there in uh, in in England. Um, I don't believe Tony Bellew is a Liverpool fa- fan. Um, I I don't think so. Anyways, I'm um, yeah, I, I I don't think he's a Liverpool fan. But uh, look, it, it it took place out there. Uh, in England, uh, he did a pretty good job, um, you know, in the three rounds of that fight lasted. You know, he got 
kind of blasted out of there at the end. But I felt at least that he gave a pretty good uh, accounting of himself, you know. And look, you know, um, whatever, you know. Um, you know, he went out there. He was at Everton Stadium. I forget what Everton Stadium is, is called, but uh, out there in Liverpool, he knocked Tony Bellew on his ass. Uh, Tony Bellew, to his credit, got up and came back and uh, knocked him out. But guess what? This is boxing, you know, and the cruiserweight is what the heavyweight division used to be um, back before there were super heavyweights and guys were, you know, 240, 250. You know, now the cruiserweight division is essentially a division of 220, 225 pounders that cut down to 200 pounds. And, uh, yes, Canelo's decided to move up to cruiserweight. I wasn't expecting it. You know, I was on the boxing voice with Ness, and Ness was saying that he felt that Canelo should go all the way up to Bridgerweight, you know, which is the division that the WBC created above uh, cruiserweight. And uh, I thought that that was kind of crazy, to be honest. I thought that, you know, Canelo had two clear possibilities in front of him, one being the uh, legacy opportunity to try to beat Vladimir Klitschko's record for all-time defenses of a unified world championship. Currently, that record is held by uh, Dr. Vladimir Klitschko, and the number is 14. Okay, um, it's a Malik company in in that group behind him, including you know Hagler and and um, Ali and a bunch of other great fighters. Now, if he wasn't going to do that, the other option for me, at least in terms of legacy, you know, was going up to 175 pounds. You know, one of the original divisions, the old school divisions, because you know the haters are always going to come out and have something to say. Well, yeah. Canelo's the most protected fighter of all time. He's the most protected fighter in the game. Uh, Canelo's fighting at 168. That, that's a made-up division. That's not even a real division. Weakest division, weakest opponents. You know, I, I don't know what else this guy can do uh, to convince people of his greatness. I mean, he literally took on four guys within less than a year, 365 days at least, and rested four championship belts and became undisputed, you know? And, you know, people are like, oh, Caleb Plant is going to give him a good test. He didn't. People are Billy Joe Saunders is going to give him a good test. He did until he got his orbital bone broken. You know, I thought Callum Smith was going to give him a good fight, and uh, he didn't. So, look, I want to salute the people who are here. Pounds is up here with us. Bruce goes, my brother Bruce, he's up here with us. It's actually my, my uncle's name, too, Bruce. Nando is with us. Salute to Nando. Virtuoso is with us as well. Um, so, look, Edwin Solano, too. And we've got last Red Squirrels, Matones, uh, 509, The Joy of Boxing. So, uh, yo, let, let, let's get into it a little bit because I want to have an honest discussion you know, about the possibilities, about what Canelo could have done if he didn't do this. Because, you know, it's easy to say, oh, well, Makabu, why is he taking him on? But, okay, who 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 is who, who's he supposed to take on? Now, we're going to get into kind of the names, you know, that have been, you know, 
fed to us as Canelo's uh, most deserving challengers. Um, and we're going to do kind of a dive into those names, right? And compare it to Makabu, which I think is a, is a pretty fair thing to do. Before we get into that, I'm going to show an, an example. It was up on my screen at the beginning, right? Um, you know, the typical kind of stuff you hear from, from Canelo haters, you know, the leading the pack, is David Fatelstun, and for those of you who don't speak Spanish, I'm going to do my best to interpret some of what's being said here. Let's go. Yo lo entiendo bien. A ver, yo lo entiendo perfectamente bien. Los retos, el negocio, de pronto decir, voy a ser campeón en cinco categorías diferentes. So I understand fully well, you know, the whole idea, the business, the fact that he wants to be world champion in five different weight classes, but there's a but coming. You can be sure of that. Muy bien. Well, yeah, but he still has stuff to take care of. What's that stuff, David Fatelston? Why don't you enlighten us? La factura pendiente con Gennady Golovkin van a decir que yo estoy loco ya con el tema de Gennady Golovkin. Oh, oh, no, 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 no. Well, the bill, uh, I guess, that he wants that, that needs to be paid, according to him, is Gennady Golovkin. Let's just stop it right there. Why Gennady Golovkin? Why Gennady Golovkin? Okay, he had a disputed draw with him. They had a rematch. Remember, they said, oh, Canelo needs to fight like a true Mexican because Triple G is the real Mexican. He's the one who fights like an actual Mexican, not Canelo with the shoulder roll and the cutie pie defense. You know, stand, stand your ground, Canelo. Stand in the middle of the ring. Fight me like a man. Well, I saw the second fight. And everything that Team Triple G wanted Canelo to do, Canelo did. He stood there. He traded. He walked him down. What, what, what more was he supposed to do in Triple G? And, and what exactly has Triple G done to deserve a rematch since then? Well, you know, we have something called Google. Luckily, I can look up Triple G's record. I don't even th think I have to because I pretty much remember the names. Steve Rolls, a Devrinchenko, who I believe beat him, Camille Zerometa, uh, and who who else am I missing here, right? Uh, here we go. We had Steve Rolls, Devrinchenko, Zerometa. Those were the three wins. That was it. I just looked it up on BoxRec. I was absolutely right. Well, Steve Rolls, no one, unlike Makabu, who, by the way, is a world champion, all right, uh, Steve Rose, no one had heard of this guy outside of maybe Nova Scotia in Canada where he's from. I, I, I had never heard of Steve Rose. Sorry, I, I, and I consider myself a pretty hardcore head. I, I mean, I, I look at the rankings every now and again. I, I won't say I study them, you know, like I'm preparing for an exam, but I, I generally have a look at the rankings every month and Steve Rose, I might have seen the name there, but I've never seen him fight. That's who Triple G took on in, in the first fight after, after Saul. And let's not forget that before Saul, and for those of you who don't know, that's Canelo's name, Saul Canelo Alvarez. He took on Vanis Martyroshin after ducking Devrinchenko and trying to get a fight with Mungia, who at that time was pretty much still a, like a little kid. All right, so we've got Steve Rose, Devrinchenko, Zerometa, somebody please help me understand why that's more deserving or why that's a better fight than going up 
and fighting the WBC cruiserweight champion. I I don't I don't get it. I I I legitimately I don't get it. Okay? I don't get it. And fight doctor, I see you up in the chat. Salute to the fight doctor, Rick James status, you know, as always, okay? Uh if you want to come on, you you can you can uh you can enlighten me about this, but Triple G, why is he more deserving than uh than um Makabu? Okay? Why why is he more deserving than Makabu? I don't understand that. Why is that more of a legitimate shot? Uh, 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 you know, competition challenge than Makabu, the WBC champion at cruiserweight. He's supposed to take on a guy who's not even fighting in his own weight class, by the way, because he fights at 168 pounds. Let's not forget he's the undisputed uh, super middleweight champion of the world. And people are expecting him to fight uh, middleweights that he's already beaten, whose last three fights are Steve Rose, Devrinchenko, and Zarameda. And then a lot of people, including myself, felt that Triple G lost against Devrinchenko. And if you look at his last four opponents, not including Saul uh, Alvarez, you have to include Vanis Matarosian, a fight he took uh, after ducking Devrinchenko and later on. We figured out why, but okay. David Feitelstein, um, te estoy escuchando. Uh, quiero aprender. Okay. Let me know wh- what it is, uh, what else you got to say about Canelo. All right. Here we go. Se presentó en la ventanilla de Gennady Golovkin. Luego tiene a David Benavides. Se la ventanilla de Gennady Golovkin. ¿De qué estás hablando? Dos veces se paró en esa ventanilla. He's still going on about Gennady, and essentially they're they're challenging him here. They're saying that, look, he fought him twice. Like, David, what do you want exactly? No sabemos. No, sí, a ver, no, no, no. He's saying that after 24 rounds, we don't know who uh, is better of the two. No, we know who's better of the two, David. Okay? El Canelo Álvarez, Canelo Álvarez, Saúl Canelo Álvarez es el mejor boxeador. Para mí, eso es claro. Es Canelo. And for those of you who don't know what I'm saying, I'm saying that he's much better than uh, Triple G at this point. Okay, but but again, I'm entertaining Mr. Fatelson. Okay, Mr. Fatelson, uh, leader of the Canelo Hater uh, Club, and let's go. So the other the other guy saying, "Yeah, see, sí, nosotros sí sabemos. Yeah, we know that he's that he's better. Okay, we know we know who's better. We know Canelo's better, and he's sticking to this idea. No, we don't know. I don't know. I don't know if it's Triple G or if it's Canelo. We don't know. Yo no sé. Yo no sé. Quieres ver? He's saying that the 24 rounds were very close. Fue muy parejos, he's saying. 
Correcto, pero los 24 rounds en general fueron muy parejos, Bernie. Si hacemos un compendio de los sí. 24 rounds, realmente fueron, fueron muy buenos. Se nos antojaban otros 12 rounds. Okay, so the, he's saying again that the 24 rounds were very close, and he's asking, I guess, for 12 more rounds, right? Because apparently we all need to see Triple G again in there with Canelo. Never mind the fact, David, that uh, Triple G's actually been waiting on a fight with Murata in Japan, in Tokyo, okay? Uh, and essentially, he's been sitting on the bench waiting for that fight to happen. So I guess Canelo is just supposed to wait around for that, right? A, a guy who's not even fighting in his weight class. Sin ningún problema. No voy a regalarle una oportunidad a Golovkin. Está bien, pero así es, es el Canelo, ustedes no lo entienden, el Canelo, no, el Canelo aprovecha los tiempos, escoge los rivales. So he's saying that Canelo's taking advantage of the time, Canelo's handpicking, essentially cherry-picking his opponents, okay? Really, Davi? This is the best you got? I mean, this is typical of the Canelo hate. All right. I liken it to a, a, a pretty much skip for those of you who follow the NBA, skip Bayless with LeBron James. This is what this guy does, this is what he's made his career on. But he's an example of, the, you know, the illogical arguments made against Canelo and what he's trying to do. Okay. Toma ventaja. He's taking advantage. Habrá que ver. Habrá que ver. Habrá que ver. ¿Qué tipo de catch weight o qué tipo de eh, peso sí. concertado? So now he's saying that Canelo's a catch weight guy. We're going to see, you know, wait and see. Canelo's going to institute a catch weight, okay? Arreglan para esta pelea, ¿eh? Ah. For this fight. Now, we'll get into that a little bit later because... To that point, I mean, it, it, you could kind of make, see, make it seem that, you know, the WBC is kind of making their own catch weight for Canelo, but, you know. Van a provocar que el Congolés, van a provocar que el Congolés tenga ¿Sí? que ir al, junto conmigo al Weight Watchers a bajar. <laughs> okay, so we're saying that the Congolese fighter is making a joke is going to have to go with him. They're going to to weight watchers because he's going to have to lose weight to make uh to make uh whatever catch weight Canelo insists on. Libras y libras y libras. Lo que nadie le puede negar al And it's going to take him a lot of work to get down and weight. Que se lo ha ganado. Nadie más en el nadie se lo ha regalado. Bernardo Zuna, que tengas una gran Well, look, uh we'll end it on that one. Um but yeah. I mean That's an example of it. So, look, what are the, some of the names that you hear? Uh, Triple G. Look, I've already said why I don't think that is a necessary fight. Uh, I, I don't think it's a necessary fight. I don't think Canelo has anything else to prove against Triple G. And quite frankly, I don't think Triple G has proven that he should get any kind of a shot at Canelo. I'm sorry. I don't. I, I don't think he's done much since he lost. And yes, he did lose, ladies and gentlemen, to Triple G. You know, I can look up his re record here to give you the visual aid. You know, I like to help all my subs, you know, kind of digest and understand everything that we're talking about here. So we'll go full screen on this, right? And what do we got? We've got 
2018, Saul Alvarez. 2019, Steve Rolls. 2019, Sergey Devranchenko. 2020, Camille Zerameda. All right, and uh, then we got to go to a fight that hasn't even happened yet. It's happening close to New Year's Eve in Japan against Ryota Murata, a fight that, by the way, I don't think is a guaranteed win by any means. Murata's an Olympic gold medalist. He's a world champion. He hits like a mule. And Triple G's damn near 40 years old. So somebody's got to explain to me a little bit of that. Now, before I get in the next one, I'm going to drop a link. Fight Doctor requested it. Fight Doctor wants to come on and make his case. Okay. The PhD of boxing, Mr. Fight Doctor himself. The link is in the chat, bro. If you want to come on and state your case, uh, you can do that. But, you know, we're going to go through these one by one. Who are these opponents? Kennison. David Fatelson. Okay, Triple G, yo no estoy de acuerdo. No, 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 no. I'm going to get into Charlo in a little bit. Okay, tampoco. All right, I'm not with the Charlo fight. Okay. Uh, what do you guys want? Zach Parker, the WBO mandatory? Oh, David Benavides. Okay, well, we can get into Benavides's record too. Look, I'm taking these apart one by one, guys. All right. And I'm not knocking any of these people, by the way. Triple G, I am a little bit, because literally I don't think he's done much at all um, since he lost to Canelo to, to earn a Canelo rematch. I, I don't – this is – these are not mandatory fights. They're not even fighting in the same division. Why, why does Canelo got to be run into a Triple G fight? Right? I, I don't understand that. I don't. So, look, Fight Doctor, I don't know if you saw the link. I'm going to put the – Number down there, too. You can call here. I'm in the Bronx, New York, which is area code 718. And the number is at the bottom of your screen, ladies and gentlemen. It's 718-618-4284. If anyone wants to chime in and give their thoughts, uh, I'm going to go to the second name I hear talked about a lot. Um, Jermall Charlo. All right. Um, but before I get to him, the fight doctor's joining me. Fight doctor, you're on live with Maestro. This is impromptu boxing, I think I'm going to call this. Because this isn't a scheduled show. I just decided to go live after hearing a bunch of different things bantied about today on YouTube, on ESPN, en Espanol. Okay. Fight doctor, why don't you give me your opinion on Canelo Alvarez? Uh, the talk is that he's going to move up to cruiserweight to take on Makabu, the Congolese WBC champion. Fight Doctor, the floor is yours, my brother. Yo, Fight Doctor's in the house on ring game status as always. Shout out to Maestro. Uh, thank you for having me, brother. Absolutely. I'm dinging the bell for you. Let me do that again. It didn't ring properly. Here, let's go. There you go. That's a Fight Doctor ring bell right there. So, just one question. Yes. The WBC. Right. Don't you find it a little, a little bit odd that they would decide at this particular moment in time? Now, mind you, the cruiserweight limit mm -hmm. was changed from 190 to 200 pounds in 2004. Yep. So, almost 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. 
the cruiserweight limit has been 200 pounds. Yeah. So isn't it just a tad bit odd that the WBC would choose this particular moment in time to move it back to 190 pounds? That's my question. Well, I think that that's a legitimate question, Fight Doctor. I absolutely do. Uh, But my counter to that is a simple one. What happened in Montreal last month? I think it was in October. What did Oscar Rivas win? Bridgeway title. Right. So one could argue that they've done this because they've introduced the Bridgeway division uh, and that this was in the pipeline. I don't know if that if that if that's actually the case, but you you know conjecture can be sent both ways. I mean, one could argue that it's convenient that now that uh, Canelo has decided to move up, that it's now down to 190 pounds. But who's to say they didn't they didn't have this in the pipeline, and it was because of that that Canelo decided that he wanted to move up. I I don't know whether the chicken came before the egg or the egg came before the chicken. In, in this particular scenario. Um, but I do know that they instituted a new division. A championship was fought for in that division. You know, I, I've been on record saying that I think the naming of the division was a PR stunt. Um, you know, I, I I don't know. What what are your thoughts on, on my response to your question? Well, uh, there's a word for that, and it's called collusion. I, I think it's perfectly reasonable that all parties involved have been in, have have colluded, right, um, uh, to produce this farce, right? This isn't a fight. This is a farce. This is a joke. I mean, seriously, the WBC pulls this out of their ass right when uh, uh, Canelo Alvarez decides he wants to go up the cruiserweight. What? And this is all news to us. This is probably news to their champion. Collusion. Usually when people collude, it's for some um, nefarious means um, and people typically end end up in jail for this type of behavior. And I think uh, that would be suitable. It would be suitable for someone to go to jail based on what I'm hearing, what I'm seeing coming out of the WBC. I mean, this is... So who... who, Okay, okay. let's, Let's walk that back a second. Who is being harmed by this collusion? The WBC champion at Cruiserweight. That's who's being harmed. No, no, no. I tell you what. Wait, well, hold up, hold up. Uh, hold up. We'll do this one at a time. If he's being harmed, I mean, that's some kind of harm. I mean, he's going to get a career pi- high payday. Uh, people who never heard about him are talking about him. You know, and he's going to be fighting the biggest star in the sport. So how exactly is he being harmed by this Uh, decision? The true victim in this crime, the true victims in this crime are A, the sport of boxing and B, the boxing fans. Right. Because the integrity of the sport, which is already in the trash can. Right. You might look. The integrity of the sport was already in the trash can. Now you might as well take some gasoline and and, and, and and a match. Because that's where it is now. And then we as boxing fans must suffer through this. Farce. This is a joke. Well, look, I'm I'm going to throw up a graphic real quick. It's actually a Wikipedia page. I hope you guys can see it. Um, 
it's not always the clearest on on my screen. I hope you guys can see it on yours. But if you can't see it, I'll I'll give you the narrative here. All right. Um, we've got the historical divisions in the sport of boxing, right? Typically, those are considered to be flyweight, bantamweight, featherweight, light heavy. Oh, sorry, lightweight, welterweight, middleweight, light heavyweight, and heavyweight. Uh, and later on, tweener divisions were established, right? Straw weight, light flyweight, super flyweight, super bantamweight, super featherweight, light welterweight, light middleweight, super middleweight, cruiserweight, and finally, bridgerweight. Now, one thing that I've, I haven't really understood in, in boxing, and this is me going back to a kid, not just understanding this and just performing basic arithmetic, is that when you're in the smaller weight classes, right, the gaps between the divisions are rather small, right? And they gradually get bigger as the divisions move up, right? Uh, I never understood why the gap between middleweight and super middleweight was eight pounds, but then the gap between super middleweight and light heavyweight was seven pounds. And then... You had a cruiserweight division on top of that, which initially, okay, uh, remember light heavyweights 175, cruiserweight used to be uh, 90, uh, sorry, 190, right? So that that was uh, a difference of 15 pounds, okay? So it's getting wider again. Um, but once they pushed it to 200 pounds, that was a 25-pound gap. And essentially what that allowed people to do was you know be relatively small or regular size light heavy uh, sorry um heavyweights that would essentially do a drastic weight cut so they could walk around at 225 do a drastic weight cut and get down to 200 now you got guys like Lawrence Acoli who on fight night probably weigh close to 230 pounds um but who are fighting against some guys who you know are probably in the 190s but just can't make the cut down to 175, I never agreed with the move up to 200 pounds for cruiserweight, to be perfectly honest with you. Now, look, you could say that it's very convenient that all of a sudden, you know, they're doing it now, but at the end of the day, they decided to make this bridgerweight division. Uh, They had a guy fight for the title, and, you know, a decision was made to move the weight class back down to, by the way, what it originally was. And now Canelo's fighting for that title. Uh, I don't know. Fight Doctor, is that collusion to you? And if it's collusion, like, who's colluding and for what purpose? I think who has been colluding is clear. And I think the purpose is clear. The, 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 the All parties involved to gain something here have been colluding, in my mind. And the, 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 the purpose is to essentially... Um, fool the boxing public and to uh, commit perjury, okay? To, 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 um, to falsify documents, all right? Listen, <clears throat> on the, the WBC is the only organization that's on this bridgerweight nonsense. First of all, there are too many weight classes in boxing, right? That's the first problem. But look, if we're going to have weight classes then let's have weight classes with set limits. Now, you changed the 
cruiserweight limit 20 years ago, damn near, to 200 pounds. And were now you, all of a sudden... Right, doctor, were you for or against that move when it happened? Honestly, I was agnostic. I was indifferent. So if you were indifferent in 2004, why are you upset about it in 2021? What's the changed? Fact, the fact of the matter is that I don't... Look, they could make the cruiserweight limit 400 pounds for all I care. doesn't matter to me. What matters to me is the integrity of the sport, which has been compromised, which has been severely compromised. And due to the shenanigans and collusion of the WBC and Team Alvarez is now further compromised. This is a sham. This is a joke. Okay? This is, this is a criminal act. That's what this is. Right? This is a misdemeanor. This is a felony. Right? This is, this, this is, this, this is incredulous. This is, this is, I, I have no words. I mean, this yeah. is a sham. I mean, for it, look, I, I can see you're very against the move to drop the weight back down to 190, which was the original weight limit for cruiserweight, right? You said you were agnostic about it before. Um, no, I'm it, it's quite... not. It, 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 I don't care where they set the cruiserweight limit. Right. I don't care. That, that's, that's not the point here. Your problem the point, is that they're doing it for Canelo in your eyes. The point I have maintained for some time now, and I think this underscores the point that Canelo Alvarez is the most protected fighter in the sport and with, with the help of the WBC. And in my mind, that's clear as day. Okay. Um, you know, you've, you've, you've stated your case. Uh, now here's what I'd like you to answer. Um, but before I let you go, Fight Doc, and, and please join me tomorrow for overtime because we probably will end up doing the part two. Um, I was hoping D-Style would join me tonight, but hopefully he'll be on uh, with us tomorrow after the uh, the roundtable, which I'll be hosting tomorrow, 8 p.m. Eastern. Who would you rather see Canelo fight? I would rather see Canelo put himself in a situation where the outcome is unknown prior to. I know who's going to win this farce, without question, right? So give Listen, me a name. Honestly, I think I, I better be have. Okay, let him challenge himself. Go up to light heavyweight and mm. beat the best guy there. All right. Um, you've, uh, you've been heard, Fight Doctor. Your your views are on the record. Uh, I've got a uh, a caller uh, trying to get in, um, so I'm going to let you go. But the line will be open for you for part two. Maybe you'll get a good night's sleep on this, and maybe your 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 views might change in the morning. Probably they won't. But uh, <laughs> I I I definitely like you to come back to discuss this further, fight doc. So I'll try to make it onto the uh, show tomorrow, and, and thank you for the invitation. Um, I, I'm actually have to drive from Chicago to Dallas. But if I can do both, then I will join you tomorrow. Yeah, get the Bluetooth working, man. You yes, know, sir. I all can right, do that. use your data plan and, and come on. All right. Yes, sir. I can do that. But but I just want to I just want to ask you one thing. Mm-hmm. I'm going to ask you a favor. Yeah. I believe that you love this sport as much as I do. Yeah, I definitely now, love the sport. I, I am a diehard 
boxing fan have been for many years, right? And in my mind, and I'm going to be brief, in my mind, being a, a diehard boxing fan is sort of like being married to a $2 whore, <laughs> okay? Because she's bound to break your heart. You know that's what she's going to do. And that's boxing. And that's, in my mind, the, the diehard fans, that's his fate, her, his or her fate, right? So I'm asking you, as one diehard boxing fan to another, yeah. let's deal with the facts as they are for the sake of the sport, right? Yeah. Because in the UFC, I mean, think about it, man. If, if this were to happen in the NFL, if something even close to this would happen in the NFL, what would happen? Right? But in boxing, this is business as usual. And this stinks to high heaven. It reeks of, 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 of corruption, among other things. And I don't want that for my sport. I love the sport of boxing. Listen, the sport of boxing has saved many, many hard, uh, hardworking young men from an otherwise perilous life in the ghetto. It was an, it was an out for, for many young men who, who had no other out. And for me, it's heartbreaking when I see, when I see this. Fight after fight. So I'll leave you with that, sir. I got you, Fight Talker. Thank you so much for uh, tuning in and joining me here live. Appreciate it. And hopefully I'll speak to you soon. Thanks again, my brother. Thank you. All right, Fight Doctor. Thank you. That was the Fight Doctor. I want to go to Eric Code 612. Eric Code 612, can you hear me? You're on live. Uh, hi, Maestro. Can you hear me? Yeah, loud and clear. Who is this? Uh, this is Tin Man. Uh, I listen to your shows. I catch catch your collabs with the uh, HTP Roundtable. And awesome. I've been listening to your podcast for some time now. Uh, yeah, I I'm a big big Canelo fan, and uh, I don't know what your what the fight doctor was talking. I mean, I don't understand this hate. See, Canelo came. I mean, it's not like Canelo was dropped on this uh, earth with uh, like five diamond rings, and uh, you know he just dropped into this box. And he was made a boxing god. He also came from a ghetto in Mexico. And he worked his way up. Okay? And yeah. I don't understand how you protect a fighter by fighting an undefeated world champion. That's the first part. He fought the most dangerous middleweight on the planet twice. Okay? He, he did his clembute. He had the clembutrol thing. He served his van. And that's it. After that, he's been a completely different fighter. People still hate on him. They still feel he's a drug cheat. Hey, it's a dirty business. Everybody does it. Uh, some people get caught. Okay? That, I don't understand this hate. Uh, who's been more active than me? I mean, protected fighters, talk about protected fighters, the Charlos are one of the most, uh, the, the the elder Charlo, Jamal Charlo, he's the most protected fighter. He's not, he's fought uh, all bumps after Julian, uh, Julian Williams. And even that win didn't age well now. Yeah, I agree. It, so it I, hasn't I, aged well at all. That's a very good point. Yeah, he he won the he of course beat Jarrett Hurt, who's always been inconsistent. But then he got beat up by two. He got beat up back to back. 
by people who ne- never thought they would beat uh, Julian Williams. So I don't understand this hate for Canelo. Okay, he's he's uh, he's acting like a diva. Every A side has acted like a diva. Floyd Mayweather acted like a diva. He had uh, rehydration clauses. What gloves you have to wear? The ring size. Floyd dictated everything. Canelo is going to give this guy Mukabu his biggest payday, and uh, the fight doctor says it's a collusion. If that's collusion, then I I would like to be in Mukabu's place. I love that type of collusion. The first so, question I had asked asked the fight doctor if it, if it's collusion, who's being harmed? He said Mukabu. Well. Makabu's getting a career-high payday if this fight goes through. People are talking about him, people who didn't even know who he was before. Uh, you know, he's going to be fighting on the biggest stage. I mean, if that's harm, if that's collusion, you know, who, who wouldn't benefit from that kind of collusion? Yeah. Yeah. I, the only guy who's harmed is probably the number one contender for the Cruiserweight uh, Championship. That's the only guy who's harmed, I think. Nobody else was harmed. Mukabu gets a good payday. Canelo gets to a chance to win another title, and he has earned that chance. So hell, he can even fight uh, bum for the rest of his career, and nobody would care because he's he's done his job. I mean, he's already a first ballot Hall of Famer. So this thing of being most protected fight fighter, the diva, all uh, all his fights have been uh, all his uh, opponents have been taking a dive. They just come for a payday. I mean, the people at ringside have said constantly that the guy hits hard. I mean, he really breaks down his opponents. It's, it's not that people people even if you pay them ten million, they just don't come to just get beaten up like that for eight rounds. It's, it's a taxing sport. It leads to life uh, altering damages. I mean, you these people have these fighters have families. It's not that they're desperate for money and they just want a big payday. He is a good fighter. People can't, uh, no, just not willing to accept it. Yeah, I agree. And um, look, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna uh, extend your point a little bit. If anyone's harmed, it's the number one contender in the uh, WBC cruiserweight rankings. That guy's name is Tabiso Mchunu. He's a South African fighter. Makabu's already beat him. Okay, the number two ranked guy. <laughs> in the WBC at Cruiserweight is a guy named Alexei Papin, a Russian, who, by the way... And Makabu Ma- beat him. Makabu went to Russia and beat him. So, yep. you know, those guys had their shot. It didn't go too well for them. Makabu beat them. Why shouldn't Makabu get a big fight, even if it is against the guy who'd be moving up? At the end of the day, Makabu's about to fight the biggest star in the sport of boxing if this fight does go through. Uh, I'm being asked in the chat to to ask you who your favorite fighter is. Uh, you're obviously a very knowledgeable uh, boxing fan. I wouldn't expect anything less from one of my subs. So why don't you share with uh, with your fellow subs who who your favorite uh, boxer is right now? So 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 right now, of course, it's Canelo, Canelo, Lomachenko, and Inoue. Those are my top three. It's a very good, uh, very good boxer. list. Very good list. Inoue yeah. is up there on mine too. I don't care about uh, uh, undisputed champions who don't uh, defend their belts for the last one year and act like divas. And you know, I'm talking about Teofimo Lopez, <laughs> uh, who 
Wow. You know, uh, he, yeah. he beat the man at one point of time, but that win has lost its luster. Uh, if he really wants to prove himself, he should rematch Loma to say, say that he's the top dog. But man, after that Nakatani win, my respect for him has just gone up. Yeah, more. It, it did, and he, it he would be fighting twice this year. After if he if he fights Richard Comey, he's been he would fight twice after recovering from a shoulder injury. May or may not be true, but most likely looks true the way he handled Nakatani. And uh, if he beats Richard Comey, that would be a dangerous fight. That's a fifty-fifty fight. He has fought two times, and Lopez will will just be fighting once I in agree. November. And I hope that that fight happens. I hope it. I hope it does. And you know what? There are there are all these haters out there. You know, I learned a word watching some of my favorite series on Amazon Prime and on Netflix. That word is Marechot. These guys are Marechots, and um, I'm pretty sure you. <laughs> that's a, I'm pretty sure that's you know. A good, I'm pretty sure you know good, what, what a Marechot is because you sound like you yeah. are a very uh, conversant in the Hindi language. Yeah. That, that, so, that's um, what uh, that's that's what Caleb Plan called Canelo. Uh, yes. That's basically the word. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but but in Hindi. All right, my brother. Yeah. Please uh, keep tuning in. Please call back. Uh, I'll drop you a link if you ever want to join me. Okay. And uh, I'd love take to hear care. from you again. Great call. Great call. Take, take care. Take care, Maestro. You too. Thank you. Bye. Great call there um, from a very knowledgeable. A fan of uh, of boxing and subscriber to Maestro of Boxing. So look, we went through Triple G. I don't think we really need to belabor that point much longer. I don't think Triple G has done much since 2019, uh, or actually since 2018 when he fought Canelo last. To be clamoring for a Canelo fight, um, you know he's been riding the pine, you know, um, waiting out. Murata uh, for end of year fight, whatever it is, what it is. But uh, look, I want to touch on two things. Uh, first, I want to go over something that my brother from HCP, none other than G Funk Doc the Spot, Mister G Funky. You know, I was listing off the the ranked guys with the WBC at cruiserweight, and yeah, you said you never heard of these guys. I know most guys haven't. Cruiserweight has historically not been a very popular division in the United States. Um, You know, there are probably a bunch of reasons for that, but it's definitely historically been an international division, um, a European division uh, mostly. And uh, there was a guy I grew up watching uh, and liking a lot, uh, Guillermo Jones out of Panama, who was the WBC champion at Cruiserweight for quite a while. But it's never been a hot division in the United States. It shouldn't surprise anyone that most people haven't heard of the guys ranked there. I mean, I used to bring up Maris Bradis, and people look at me like, who the hell is Maestro talking about? And he's he's arguably the best cruiserweight, definitely since Alexander Usyk moved up, in, in my opinion. You know, you got the WBA champ, the Armenian out of France, Gulamarian. I mean, if I say his name, he's a WBA champ, super champ, actually crickets when i bring him up so look there's definitely a u.s bias as it relates to boxing hence right i was on the uh, ringside reporter live earlier today giving my opinions and um people were surprised that i thought that this was a more competitive fight than the charlo fight why is it crazy for me to think that 
Charlo's a middleweight, okay? Canelo fights at 168 and has destroyed the people at 168. Charlo's fighting at 160. And let's look at his last few opponents. Juan Macias Montiel pretty much went life and death with that dude, okay? Devrinchenko was a tough, close fight. Dennis Hogan, okay? Brandon Adams, okay? Matyev Korobov, otherwise known as Matthew Korobov, okay? So in the last five fights, by my calculation here, he's had one TKO victory against Hogan, and the rest were unanimous decision wins against guys that ain't exactly knocking over anyone's door uh, as it relates to being stars or being challenges to somebody like Canelo. Why is, somebody's got to answer this for me, why is Charlo a better fight than Makabu? There's really only one answer. He's, uh, he's from the United States, and he's signed to the PBC. If Makabu was African-American and not a Congolese African, and if he wasn't fighting out of uh, Kinshasa, Congo, and instead was fighting out of Houston, Texas, or Cincinnati, Ohio, or uh, whatever the case may be, people, people wouldn't be, wouldn't be uh, saying what they're saying. And if Charlo was fighting out of Kinshasa, Congo, would anybody be, be, uh, be clamoring to see him? Look, we, you got to own the U.S. bias, guys. There's always been U.S. bias in boxing. There always has been. And again, just because you haven't heard of these guys who are ranked, okay, and I'm going to put up the cruiserweight ranking so that people can actually look at them, all right? And yeah, a lot of these names won't be that recognizable to U.S. boxing fans. Why? Because it's not a U.S. popular or it's not a popular division in the United States. Okay, let's look at it. All right, let me full screen this so you can uh, you guys can all see it. Look at the champions: Makabu, Gulamarian. Maris Bradis and Lawrence Acoli. All right. And look at the people ranked under them. Zero stars. That's actually light heavyweight. Zero stars. Mchunu. Dortikos. I mean, the IBF ain't even raiding anybody. And okay, people have heard of Murat Gassiev, but he's not exactly that popular in the United States. And Again, Mchunu, a guy that Makabu already beat, by the way, is also ranked at number two in the WBO. So, I mean, if you're, if you're, uh, and again, the collusion, right? They were colluding against Makabu. Okay, well, if you're Makabu, wouldn't you rather fight Canelo than fight Mchunu for a second time, a guy that you already beat? If that's collusion and if he's being harmed, I mean, come on now. All right. So look, that's the second one, Charlo. All right. I'm sorry. That's not an impressive record. That's that's no reason for people to be demanding that you fight Canelo. It just isn't. 
So what's the other name that we hear about a lot? David Benavides, right? David Benavides, uh, you know, a guy that I like, a guy that I've interviewed a couple times, um, but a guy who, to his own admission, has essentially said that he's got to earn a fight with Canelo, and he essentially doesn't think he's earned it yet. All right? He actually said that he that there should be a box-off and that the winner of the box-off should face Canelo. He also proposed an idea that I like a lot, which is that, you know, um, in all of these fights where the negotiations are breaking down, do 40-40, and the winner gets the top 20. So then it becomes a 60-40 split. Easy solution. I actually like that a lot. I, I, th- I thought that was very sensible uh, when I heard uh, David Benavides uh, say that. But, again, people are saying, oh, my astro, he should fight Benavides. He should do it now. Okay. Calm down. All right. Calm down a little bit, everybody. And let's look at this objectively. All right. Let's look at this objectively. He should fight Benavides. Okay. Benavides is young. He's 24 years old, as you can see here. I think he's a great fighter, but honestly, I don't even think he's ready for, for, for Canelo right now. I think he's he's too young, and even though he's got 25 wins and is a two-time champ, I don't think he's got the experience to beat Canelo. Okay? Um, but let's look at his last few wins. All right, let's talk about Tyrone Davis, what would Canelo do to him? Let's talk about Ronald Ellis. What would Canelo do to him? Let's talk about Romer Alexis Angulo. What would Canelo do to him? Let's talk about Anthony the Dog Durrell. What would Canelo do to him? Let's talk about Jay Leon Love. What could, would Canelo do to him? All right. And then he had back-to-back uh, wins. Uh, one of them, the first one was against, uh, uh, sorry, back-to-back wins against Ronald Gavriel. What would Canelo do to him? All right, what about this record? I've now looked at his last one, two, three, four, five, six opponents. Screams, I need to see this guy against Canelo. I need to see him right now, maestro. Um... I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it. Okay? Let's not act as if Canelo's out here ducking all of these people at 160 and at 168. Okay? I He's not. The guy literally just cleaned out a division, ladies and gentlemen. Now, me, look, you can, uh, I was on G-Funky's channel. Salute to G-Funky. All right, G-Funky says, Benavides is the best fight for Canelo at 168. If not him, who else at 168? Yeah, look, I don't think the competition is there for him at 168, G-Funky. I said it on HCP Uncensored. You guys always got to watch that because it's Monday nights. It's HCP is war. All right, we go live at 8, me and Kenny T from Mano a Mano Live. G-Funky follows us at 9, bringing the thunder with HCP Uncensored. It's an open forum. You guys can all get in there and drop your knowledge, drop your questions, your comments, your criticisms, even your hate. Okay, 
and I said this. I said, look, there's two paths. And I said this at the beginning of tonight's stream. One, you try to beat Vladimir Klitschko's record of 14 unified title defenses and hit 15. That's all-time great status. Not that he doesn't already have that, but, you know, he's rising the ranks of all-time greats, right? Because the list of uh, unified title defenses, all right, um, is pretty much just occupied by elite-level guys, all right? Elite-level guys. Klitschko, Ali, right? Hagler. These are the kind of names, right? Canelo could rise up those ranks and, you know, take out the top man. I think he could do it if he stayed at 168, but I guess he doesn't want to stay at 168. That's his prerogative. Shout out to Bobby Brown. I was a huge Bobby Brown fan when I was a little, tiny, little kid back in the 80s. My birth decade, getting old over here. You know, maybe my Astros get a little soft. He's pushing 40. What is he thinking? How could he allow Canelo to get away with this? Uh, I'm not. <laughs> Sorry, what can I tell you? I'm not a David Fadelson guy. All right? So, look, we looked at Benavides's record, right? 168. That would have been one way to go. 15 title defenses. Smash the record. All right? The next one would have been to go up to 175, a legacy division, and take on Viterbiev and the likes and be undisputed in two weight classes. The brother Nando is live and direct. Nando, thank you for joining me. What are your thoughts on all of this? Hey, Maestro, how you doing, man? Uh, shout out to you and shout out to the chat, man. I'm checking okay. in with you. I haven't talked to you in a while. I, you know, I've got to tune in every week, but yeah, yeah, I, I had a chance it. to call in. Thank you yeah. for calling. Thank uh, you for calling. Always, always, man. Always, I just don't want to interrupt your show, man. I always want to call in. But man, I, you know, I'll let Maestro cook with candy and shit, you know? That's yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, like, I'll be honest, when I first heard about this fight, right, you know, just made my own ignorance. I didn't know who this guy was, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't know, and I was like, you know. But... I'm going to give it a chance. I'm open-minded, you know? Yeah. And the more I listen to people like yourself and other people, this is going to be a good fight. It's a historic fight. And if it was easy, all these other killers would have done it too, right? Like, better be is Like, uh, I don't know, whoever else, right? Bro, Triple me, G or one of these guys. If it was so easy to do what Daniel was doing, they would have done it. 100%. Uh-huh. And I'll lay it out to you like this, right? When Eddie Hearn was matchmaking through uh, Matchroom, right? A, a Coley's career, they didn't go down the WBC route, right? They were saying for a while that he wasn't ready for uh, Makabu, which is why they went down the WBO route because they saw it as the, the path of least resistance for, for Lawrence Acoli, the sauce, right? Uh, people, it's not like people were jumping and fighting this guy. And, yes, he lost to Tony Bellew. By the way, it was a very exciting fight. He put Bellew on his ass. He got knocked out trying to go for broke. It happens. But he's also improved since then. And he's gone on the road to places like Germany and Russia to do it. He got himself the WBC title. You know, um, Canelo, I don't really see 
competition form at 168. The competition would have been the consecutive title defenses. Yes, I see uh I see uh competition at 175. I see it. I'm not denying that. I think Baturvi is a good fight, but let's not act like Baturvi is indestructible. And again, I don't know. See, people got to realize Makabu's a big guy and he's a southpaw. I'm not convinced that even Baturviev, oh, my ass, oh, you're crazy. No, I I'm, I, I don't know. Baturviev, I saw Baturviev get dropped multiple times. Um, You know, I, I, I just don't, I just don't, I just don't get it. But I think we'll get, whatever he does, he's going to get scrutinized for it. Um, You know, I remember they were criticizing the Rocky Fielding fight and they were criticizing the, 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 Kovalev fight more after the fact, though actually than than before it. But let let me ask you, what what are the fights that are better than this fight? I'm not saying there aren't any, Nando, but what are the fights that you think might be better than this fight for Canelo? Well, there really isn't because of the points you've already brought up, man. A lot of these guys, because they haven't fought each other, you know, like Charlo, for example, or Benavides. Like, I respect all these guys. I respect Caleb Plant. I respect Charlo. I respect Benavides. I respect Better Beef. I respect, respect all these guys. But they haven't fought each other. They, they've been waiting on Canelo Payday. And to be honest, I think that's, like, a part of the reason he wants to move up to fight uh, uh, the guy at, uh, at Cruiserweight is to kind of keep these guys on their toes, man. Like, hey, quit waiting around for me to fight you and get a big payday. You guys need to fight each other. Like, Beevil. He has a big fight lined up with Sturzel. But he doesn't want it because he's waiting on a Canelo payday, right? One hundred. Like he's, you know, he's one example of that. You know, Triple G, another guy's been sitting on a, on, on his third Canelo payday, instead of making a career out of it, right? Making his own his own uh, stamp on boxing, right? You know, like uh, unlike uh, Lomachenko, right? Lomachenko, you can say whatever you want about him, but at least he's he's putting some kind of pressure on Teofimo for that for that rematch, right? He's fighting guys, trying to trying to trying to build up the pressure on Teofimo to give him a rematch. Triple G is not doing that. He's, he's coming nowhere near that. He's just crying and hoping everybody feels sorry for him. And then maybe Canelo will give him a rematch in May, you know? Yeah, no, Nando, you're right. I mean, Triple G's been riding the pine, sitting on the bench, waiting for payday in Japan, waiting for payday against Canelo. Everybody wants to hit the Canelo sweepstakes. I was about to show a video with 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 Boo Boo Andrade like complaining about this fight, like why? What's the point? I mean, what's the point? Uh, I I get it. The people don't like the fact that Canelo's a boss. He's calling his own shots, you know, like a pool shark. You know, he's hitting double banks, triple banks, corner pocket, calling it right. <laughs> but but really. The guy just cleaned out a division. He fought four times in under 365 days. Guys, there's no competition for him at 168. Stop it. There isn't. The competition at 168 would be longevity, consecutive title defenses, beating Klitschko's record of 14 unified title defenses. That's it. At 175, yes. But like you said, Nando, Bevo waiting for payday. Right? I mean, Baturviev, what's he doing? Like, I could bring up these guys' records and I could show you who they fought one by one by one. All of their opponents would get 
schooled and beaten up and battered and bruised by Canelo. Every last one of them. So let's not st- let's not act like they're these killers who have been beating up world-class elite competition and Canelo's running scared. No. You know, and the other thing is, who's to say these guys are even available at 175 right now? I mean, they probably all would be for Canelo, but I don't know. I, I really don't know. I think this, honestly, I think this is a good thing for boxing overall because, like I said before, and you've said also, right, this is going to be forcing some of these guys' hands. They can't They can't count on being there for Canelo anymore, right? They might be looking at never getting a Canelo payday or maybe even two years away from a Canelo payday. They, you know, they're, you know, athletic careers are really short, man. These guys need to figure it out, man. They need to start fighting each other, making, you know, as much money as they can. And it'll be good for the sport of boxing and good for the fans, man. Start fighting each other, man. Make those fights. Triple G Munguia, Bebo Sordo, uh, Better BN versus Joe Smith. You know, whatever, man. Make these fights, man. Don't wait around for Canelo, man. He's only one guy. And a lot of these guys that are waiting around, they only fight once a year anyway. So they really don't have anything to complain about. Nobody does. Not their fans. Not anybody. Because no. these guys, if they're trying to put out there that Canelo is ducking, they only fight once a year anyways, man. So, I mean, they really have nothing nothing to gripe about. They're not really uh, extending their careers or doing anything with their careers. They're spinning wheels, man. They have nothing to say, you know? Spinning. There's no pressure on Canelo to fight any of these guys. That That's a great way to put it. I mean, they're spinning wheels. They're, they're waiting. And, look, I was saying that he should fight Joe Smith Jr., oh, mostly because, you know, the guy holds a WBO title. It's a title Canelo used to have. He's from the New York area, He's from the New York suburbs. Uh-huh. They could sell that in New York. I definitely want to see Canelo fight live before he retires from the sport. So I was a little bit biased on that one. But I guarantee you that if a fight with Joe Smith was announced for Madison Square Garden or Yankee Stadium or Arthur Ashe Stadium, people wouldn't be complaining the way they're complaining about this. And the reason being, let's be honest, you know, uh, Joe Smith is a hard-working, blue-collar, lunch-pale white guy from the Northeast. And, and Makabu's an African from Congo that most people have never heard of. Oh, but Maestro, you can't say that, Maestro. You're always bringing up race. Stop bringing up race, Maestro. No, that's a fact. That's a fact. And, and, me, and me, you've been watching, we've been watching sport long enough. I've seen great fighters move up and wait and get get caught slipping, man. It happened to Trent versus Hopkins. It happened to uh, De La Hoya versus Felix Sturm, right? He moved up one one weight division too many, and he was outsized, out and you know outclassed, right? So that does happen, man. There's no guarantee Canelo's going to move up to crazy weight and just dominate this guy, right? He's a big guy, he's experienced, he's a world champion. You know, he's not going to just want to give up his belt. And this is his chance at the at the at the limelight, at the brass ring. He's going to bring it and. And he's Nigerian, man. I don't know, man. Every African fight I've ever seen. Congo. He's from Con- he's hell. from Congo. From uh from Kinshasa. Yeah, they're tough as hell. Always- yeah, yeah. And he's yeah. fought he's fought Africans. He's fought Nigerians. He's fought South Africans. You know, I gotta get to a super chat that I forgot about. Uh the joy of boxing 199. Thank you so much. Uh, I forgot his super chat. He says no one is excited for this fight against Makabu. Uh, you're saying that now, as it gets closer and after they get the PR machine out there and the documentaries going and they talk about Makabu's uh, background, which is an interesting one, I think it will generate some interest. Um, at the end of the day, is this guy uh, more of a challenge than Caleb Plant? I think he is. 
is he more of a, a challenge than Billy Joe Saunders, another southpaw uh, like like Makabu? I think he is. He's a he's a world champ cruiserweight that can hit hard. Ask Tony Bellu, okay, and he's a southpaw. How is that not a challenge for a guy who's the champ at one sixty eight? Another super chat reel here, a real right here. Slide tendencies. Slide tendencies says Canelo could knock out Tyson Fury. And people would still complain. Yeah. I mean, they're going to find something to complain about. Last Super Chat for now, anyways. Mario Figueroa, mi hermano, mi camarada. Como estas, mi amigo? How does someone get hate going up two weight classes to fight a champion after cleaning out a division? I mean, that's the question of the day, really. You got to ask David Tatelson. Um you know, I don't, I don't get it. It's always the same guys, the same agendas. It's always the same guys, the same agendas, man. And on social media or in this regular media, it's the same guys, man. You know, it's it's always the same guys, same suspects all the time. Usual suspects every time, man. Hey, I know it's late for you, man. So thank you for taking my phone call, man. I'll be listening to the rest of the show, man. I appreciate it. You take care. Absolutely, Nando. Thank you so much for calling in. Appreciate it. Appreciate all your support. Call in any time. Doesn't matter if I'm cooking or if Kenny's cooking. You're always welcome on the show. Salute to D Stout Boxing. Mi hermano, mi camarada, mi amigo, D Stout. He says people need to give Canelo a break. Give him a break, guys. He just became undisputed. Thank you. Four belts, less than 365 days. All right, in tennis, they call that the Grand Slam, man. The Grand Slam or the Serena Slam if you don't do it in a, in a calendar year, in a tennis season year, right? When you pick up all of the majors, the Australian Open, Roland Garros, which is the French Open, Wimbledon and the U.S. Open. It's a Grand Slam. You win all of those four. You've done a Grand Slam. Can- Canelo just hit a Grand Slam. Four championships, less than 365 days. He did that, okay? And now people are complaining because he's going up two weight classes to take on a WBC legitimate world champion. He is the legitimate world champion at at, at, one, at 200 pounds. Oh, but Maestro, they're lowering it to, to the 190. How dare they? This is collusion. We had Fight Doctor on earlier calling it collusion. I said it before. I never agreed with it going up to 200 pounds. I asked Fight Doctor, were you against it going up to 200 pounds or were you for it? He said he was agnostic in 2004 when the decision was made. So then why are you upset that the WBC is lowering it to, to 190 now? You know, I said this earlier for those of you who missed it. I went over the graphic of the weight divisions. The fact is, in the smaller weight divisions, right, the increment is smaller. And as the weight divisions rise, the increment in weight between the divisions gets bigger. The anomaly, guys, and I've always wondered this since I was like a middle schooler. Why is there a, a eight-pound weight difference between 160 and 168 and only a seven-pound increment between 168 and uh, 175, that doesn't make any sense. And then afterwards, you go up to cruiserweight, 
15-pound weight jump, which is by far the biggest. I mean, it's totally out of proportion, totally off ratio, okay? And then they raise it to a 25-pound disparity division. Don't forget, it's eight pounds between 160 and 168. It's seven pounds between 168 and 175, and then it goes to 25 pounds between 175 and 200. 25 pounds. So what that means is that if you're a guy who weighs in the 190s, you're getting savaged by a dude that like is doing a weight cut from 225 down to 200, which has been the cruiserweight division for the last, what's that, 2004 to 2021, the last 17 years. I was never agreed with that. I never agreed with that. Two, 25 pounds of disparity in a weight division is too big. All right? And I was actually one of the few who... who essentially believe that at least people I spoke to, most people didn't agree with me on this, you know, you know, uh, happy hour talk or, you know, me and Kenny talking in the computer lab at the school we used to work at, right? Um, I actually felt that there should be a super heavyweight division and that there should be a heavyweight division. Now they decided to call it Bridger Wade and they named it after a, a, a boy that got mauled by a dog. You know, I I felt that that was a very cynical PR play about a WBC. I got yelled at over it when I was on the boxing voice, you know, ruffled a few feathers by making that point. You know, how dare you, right? I can't say that. Maestro, you can't say that. You can't say these things. You can't talk about the reason that the uh, the weight divisions are made and, and who they're named after. Well, I just, I did that and I still stand by what I said. You know, it was a cynical play by the WBC to use a boy, a tragedy involving a boy to, to kind of offset and divert negative energy, you know, put upon them in their new division. But, uh, you know, they I, I felt they should have just capped the heavyweight division and created the super heavyweight division. I think that that would have made a lot more sense branding-wise and would have been a lot less cynical. Let me get to the super chat. Mr. Robert McDonald... Um, thank you so much. Mr. Robert McDonald says, if Canelo gets that 5X, five-time designation, maybe he should retire for two years to go do WWE, and these haters better not complain. <laughs> Look, it doesn't matter what he does. People are going to complain about it. I started off the stream tonight by essentially playing the video with Mr. David Fatelson and interpreting the Spanish to English for the audience that doesn't understand Spanish and just essentially going over the prototypical Canelo hater, right? The illogical arguments and the illogical conclusions that they come up with. I mean, he's literally saying that Canelo shouldn't be fighting Macabu, that he should be fighting Triple G. Why? Other than Canelo, Triple G's last opponents have included the likes of Vanis Martiroshin, who moved up in weight and got blasted. Steve Rolls, a guy who most people have never even heard of, and who, unlike Makabu, was not a world champion, 
and had never fought at anything close to world championship level. Devrinchenko, who I thought beat him, right? And let's not forget he fought uh, Benav- uh sorry, he fought um, Martyroshin to duck Devrinchenko, all right, and actually dropped his IBF title in the process. Okay, he did that. And then after that, you've got Camille Zarameda, and now he's riding the pine, waiting on the bench to fight out in Japan for what he thinks is a cherry pick payday. And this dude might end up being knocked out because that dude, despite what people say, is a legit middleweight. He's an Olympic gold medalist, and he hits like a mule. Uh, D-Style, thank you for coming on, brother. I see you got your drink lined up over there. Um, give me your thoughts on this whole situation with Canelo, with with the uh, criticism of the fight. Maybe you're you're with it, maybe you're against it. Um, I kind of feel that you're so, probably more on my side with this one. But w- let me. All right, I got you. Now I will admit, when I heard this yesterday, my first thought was, well, "That's random, right?" That was my first thought. That's random as shit. Like, what? Right? Look. He's moving up to weight classes, guys, to cruiserweight. But like, like against a titleist. My so, who moves up in weight and fights the very best? Like, do you know of anybody? No, I mean, most people when they move up in weight, they they don't even fight champions. Remember John Ruiz? Remember when when. Uh, Roy Jones went up to fight right. John Ruiz. I don't yes. remember. I don't remember people criticizing that. No, well, I mean, it was a while back, so, so it, like, like obviously there was no internet. There's no receipts out, so, um, so that that is what it is, right? But 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 let me let me say this. Back to my point, like, Canelo says he's going to fight three times. He's only thirty years old, thirty-one, right? People are making it seem like this is the last year of Canelo's career and we're not going to see him again. And, and like, he's going to be around in 2023, 2024, 2025. He's not going anywhere. So if his next fight is against some cruiserweight dude, right, to pick up a belt there, like, I, I don't get what the outrage is about. I don't get what the whole, like, oh, he's ducking, that's it. Like, like I just don't, I don't get it, you know. I just don't – I'm trying to understand because these guys got to do something. Like Benavides, in fairness to him, is calling out Charlo as well. Jay's saying, I want Canelo, but hey, Charlo, if you want some, stop being a pussy and you know step up, right? So it, it, it's these guys got to start calling out other names as well. But they have to be willing to do something else because this cannot be um, – you know, it cannot be a situation where we have the microscope on Canelo and we're just letting everybody else do whatever they want to do, right? And I've always joked around and I've said, hey, line them up and Canelo will knock them all down. And it looks like he's going to have to do that anyway. I still don't think these guys are going to do anything. I think he's still going to move down and we're going to line them up anyway, but it shouldn't be that way. It just shouldn't, right? I, I don't see what the big deal is. I, I mean, if he's in terms of like people criticizing it. I don't see what the big deal is. I just don't. 
But he's moving up to weight classes. Now, there's one aspect that I do disagree with you on, though. And that is the 180-pound thing. Um, <laughs> the optics of it doesn't look good. Like, okay, now we're going to change it because Canelo's going to fight in it. I get that historically Holyfield fought at 190, and, and but it was already there when Holyfield campaigned there. You know what I mean? They didn't move the weight class for a guy, right? Now, I'm not saying that's what's happening here because they did say, right, when they created Bridgeweight, that they were going to move it down to 190. But that's, a lot of people don't believe in coincidences, though. That's the right? point I made with the fight, Doctor. I mean, you, you don't know. Well, I get that, Maestro, but you got to look at the optics of it, how it looks. Like, like they haven't moved it yet. The, the dude, I believe, he's gonna fight at two hundred soon, and then, and then for Canelo, you're gonna move it down to one ninety. The timing of it is the issue, right? Even if, if it is a coincidence, dude. If I'm Canelo, I just say, you know what, make the weight limit two hundred. I agree. That's what I do. I like that way, you eliminate that whole aspect of it. And that is that. And then you, I know what he's going to do. He's going to vacate the balance. He's going to move back down and try to unify 175 because if we look at the pattern, that's what he's always done, right? Maestro, before he campaigned, like, you know, uh, before he went, like, hard on unifying the titles at 160, he went up and fought Chavez Jr. at a catchweight above 160. Then he moved down, right? He fought Golovkin and, then you know, then Jacobs. Right, and then he did the same thing. He went up. He fought Rocky Fielding. Right, then he actually went down and fought Jacobs to unify. And then he went up, fought Kovalev, and then he went back down and then unified this division. Now he's going up to cruiserweight. Then he's going to go back down and he's going to unify at one seventy-five. This is actually a practice that a lot of old school fighters did. Okay, so they don't have to kill themselves to make way for an in-between fight, but stay active and stay sharp. Right, that's what he's doing. Like yeah. at the end of the day. What's the big deal? I, I agree. And you look through the history of a great fighters. Um, every great fighter had tune-ups. Um, is Canelo not allowed to have a tune-up? And if this is a tune-up, what hell of a fucking tune-up? I mean, I yeah. Mean, he just unified the, the 168-pound division. Is he not allowed to take on a optional opponent? It's not a big deal, bro. He just became under. He just went through a gauntlet. Like, are are we really going to complain about who he's going to fight next? Are we really going to do that? Like, this is crazy to me, right? And 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 I'm tired of people that think the world revolves around them. Like, I wish the world revolved around me. If it was up to me, you know, I have other fighters I would like Canelo to fight, but the world doesn't revolve around me. Okay. The world doesn't revolve around individuals that think they know better and want their the fight they want, right? Because they all want different things, Maestro. There's people saying, oh, the guy you should fight is better beef. If it's not better beef, I don't want to hear nothing. There's other people saying it's Bivol. Now, Bivol's the dude, okay? Fuck everybody else. Uh, better beef's a cherry pick. He's tater made for Canelo, right? We got other people saying, no, no, the guy's got to fight is Zur, though. Zordo's the guy, no, not these Eastern European dudes. Uh, Bevel ducked fucking Zordo. Like, he's the guy he needs to fight, right? Then you got other people saying it's Benavides, right? Mm-hmm. I'm one of them, right? He should fight Benavides. 
Okay. But not everybody agrees. A lot of people are saying Benavides is easy work and that that would be a cherry pick. You know, like, like that, like, you know what I mean? There's other people saying you should fight Golovkin, especially in the in the mainstream boxing media, saying Golovkin's the dude. Uh, yeah, Feinstein from ESPN, he's saying it should be Golovkin. <laughs> and if it's not Golovkin, everything else is a cherry pick, right? If like no matter who this guy fights, like like I just want people to take yourself out of the box and your preference for a moment. It's okay to have a preference, but for a moment, I'm just asking you to take yourself out of that box and understand. That no matter who he fights, there's going to be a good segment of people criticizing him and saying it's a cherry pick, even the guy you want him to fight. There's people saying Charlo is a cherry pick. There's people saying he's ducking Charlo. There's, say, there's people saying, which is funny to me, uh, there's people saying that that Andrade is the dude, right? Andre, he needs to fight Andrade, who he needs to fight, right? And there's people saying Andrade will be a fucking cherry pick. It doesn't matter who he fights a percent like just picture a pie chart for a moment okay divided in six the guy the, you want him to fight you're part of congratulations you're part of that one six on the pie chart and, and all the other five sixes are going to say he's cherry picking okay that's just the way it is that's the position canelo's in we have too many people that are in their own little world now i don't want to call them out because, you know, the, the, the friends say it's CP, but it is what it is. But Lion Killer and, 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 and Nate Campbell are campaigning that the dudes to fight, that they're, they're saying that Benavides, right, better be even Charlo are the dudes. Like, those are the guys he needs to fight, right? Okay. These but are- I'll go, but real quick, I'll defer you to the pie chart, okay? There's people saying better be would be a cherry pick, and the real challenge is Bivol. There's people saying that Charles a cherry pick. The real challenge is Andrade. There's people saying that not nah, like like that Benavides is tailor made for Canelo, right? So it is what it is. Look, it it is it is what it is, and what I don't really think these people engage in is an examination of people's records, you know. Yeah. And also, there's a severe double standard because it's like, oh. Floyd made uh, $18 million or whatever it was for like three minutes of work fighting a kickboxer. He's, he's amazing. He's great. You know, he made, he was going to make a hundred million. I don't know if that's what he made, but this is what people were saying. I was about to make a hundred million for fighting Logan Paul. Okay. Um, and then you turn around and complain that Canelo's fighting a legit world champion for a legit world title. Um, I don't get that, but let, let, again, I'm going to put up some records because I like to, to engage in truth-telling, okay? And the truth of the matter is that when you look at Charlo's record, it consists of one Macias Montiel, unanimous decision, Sergey Devrinchenko, unanimous decision, Dennis Hogan, TKO7, okay, Brandon Adams, unanimous decision, Matt Korobov, unanimous decision. And, I mean, you got to go all the way back to 2018 to the great Hugo Centennial Jr. uh, for another KO. I mean, and he's not fighting in Canelo's weight class. How how does that make him the man for Canelo to fight? I'll tell you what they do. Now, I don't agree with this, but what they do, like, they – Master, we live in a time 
where the superstars are being overly criticized, okay, and the contenders are being coddled by a lot of hardcore boxing fans, okay? So let me explain. Canelo, he's not fighting. Nobody's in a position to fight whoever, and he doesn't do it. Uh, he's talking everybody. He's the most protected fighter. Shout out to Fight Doctor, right? He's the, the most protected, right? Protected, yeah. And then, and then they coddle these other fighters. Like, oh, but poor Andrade. I mean, he's, he's just he's unknown, and, and and they don't want to give him any opportunities. And, and he he's trying. He's trying to get all the big fights, but they just don't want to do it. They just don't want to, you know. Even though he ducked fucking Charlo, and everybody knows it. But you know, everybody's just just coddling him. You know what I mean? Like poor, poor, poor Charlo. You know, you want to fight everybody and. Nobody wants to give you the opportunity. Like, get the fuck. Charlo doesn't want to test himself. If he did, okay, he would take Benavides' offer. All right? He's yeah. not doing it. Yeah. He said he's got to come down to fight me at 160. Are you fucking shitting me? And his reasoning, by the way, was a total oxymoron. Like, like well, he's the one that can't make 168. Like, so you want to fight him at 160? Yeah, it makes no fucking sense, bro. Okay, and right. Yeah. But but my point is, they're overly coddling. They're, they're they're treating these these fighters like victims. Like like they have no control. They have no say over anything. Right. Like oh, it's, it, it, Charter would. If Charter was in Canelo's position, he would be fighting everybody. You know what I mean? If if, if these guys had the cloud of Canelo, uh, they, they'd be challenging themselves all the time. Canelo's in a position they're not. Poor little dudes. Like no man, they are in a position. Why can't better be even Bill fight? What is Canelo? Uh, like, why is it my story that all the other weight classes that Canelo's not involved in, like they're all fighting each other? Like, like Josh Tater's unifying. Yeah. I, I don't know. If Josh Tater had all this clout, like all this popularity around the world that that he demanded, like like that that type of like shit where he could become undisputed. I, I didn't know that, like you know, th these guys at one fifteen and one twelve, they're all fighting each other. I didn't know that they had all this power, you know, to, to make these fights oh, happen. Because cool. Chocolatito is such a political force in boxing to be fighting all these dudes. You know what I mean? No, they're not fighting anybody because they don't want to. They're not fighting anybody because they want, as Chicano Prophet put, they want the sweepstakes, okay? Yeah. They, they want that They want that check, Yeah. okay? They want what Macabo's getting. They, That's they, what they want. They hit the Canelo sweepstakes. And look, you brought up Baturviev. Let's look at Baturviev. Let's look at it. All right? He's fighting Marcus Brown. Okay, I've already seen okay. him beat. Uh, that's his next fight. Prior to that, Adam Danis, I believe it, who's Romanian. Uh, before that, uh, Alexander. Actually, I don't know if he's Romanian, but he, he fought him in any event, and I believe he was knocked down in that fight. Uh, Gavaznik, we haven't seen again. Uh, Kalzajic, uh, Callum Johnson, who dropped them, Enrico yes. Coling. I mean, guys, really? Kalzajic's his best win by far. Yeah, uh, and 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 this this is the guy who's been, you know, deserving of the Canelo sweepstakes for what? What has he done? But, Canelo, but but he looks so good in the last fight. He looks so good, like like against who? Against Dennis, you know, again, and, 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 and I want to make sure I don't sound like those Dennis was down, not Baturia. Yeah, this is what people are going to say. Mm. Oh, you guys are protecting Canelo. You, you don't want him like, 
No, no, he could fight better be. That's cool. But my point is, he just, like, listen to what I'm saying. He just became undisputed, okay? So what if he wants to do a tune-up against a fucking cruiserweight, okay? So so fucking what? Like, Like, it is what it is. Like, like I'm just saying, okay. Like, I, and I don't care what anybody says. That is, it is. It's dangerous in its own way, right? Like, my cowboy's not going to outbox Canelo. Like, I I know that, no. but he can hurt Canelo. Yeah, he's a big guy. He's a southpaw. What and what, what ended? What ended? What was the beginning of the end for Sergio Martinez? His legs. You now, know, what fight totally legs. caused that? Believe it was was it? I mean, twelfth round. He fought Miguel Cotto on a bum leg. You talking about? It was the twelfth round of a fight that it was dominating. Oh, Chavez Junior. Chavez Junior. Yeah, right. He caught him with one good shot, and it fucked up his knee, and it was never the same again. Right? Yep, absolutely. I'm not saying that's what's going to happen here, but that's the type of danger you confront when you fight somebody that's a lot bigger than you. Yeah, and who's willing to use that size to bully you around? Right. So no, you're, Bro, you're, if a big dude punches right. you and that's clean, it, that's a different type of punch. It's a different type of blunt force trauma. You know what I mean? There's no longer a, a hammer. It's a sledgehammer landing on you. You know what I mean? It's different. Like That's what makes it risky. Like I'm not going to lie to you, Maestro. Like, what worries me about this is, of course, you know, he's dangerous. He's got a big punch, but it's... How is the body of Canelo going to react to, like, going back? Like, you know what I mean? Is he going to come in like he did against Kovalev, 180-ish, and just fight him there? Or is he really going to, like, add muscle and move up? Because that, that would be – I don't think that's a good move. I think he's, you know? he's going to fight at his natural weight and just not do a weight cut. I think that that's probably what's going to happen. Um, just box him, kind of fight like he did. Like like, like he did with Kovalev, you know, fight natural, fight strong. Um, okay, you know you won't be as depleted because you won't have to. But, but I just don't. I don't want people to downplay the this, right? right? I agree. Let's, let's do a test. Can Andrade move up to one to two hundred pounds in front of Absolutely not. Neither could Charlo. Neither could Triple G. You know, I, I, I'm not. I'm not buying it. I'm just not buying it. And people are it seem like it's a piece of cake. Like if it was such a piece of cake, like Calix said yesterday, somebody would have done it by now, bro. That, that bout was really that for the taking like that. I don't know if you were online when I said this before, but Eddie Hearn and Matchroom avoided Makabu in the WBC title when they were getting Akoli his title. They went after the WBO because they felt it was a weaker division. Okay. So this guy's too good for for uh the sauce of Coley when he's on the rise up, but yeah, but uh, oh, how dare Canelo face him? I heard earlier today, it's like, oh, well, you know, this is an easy fight for Canelo, he spars heavyweights. No, he spars, can I also say this? He spars one heavyweight right after this, he spars one heavyweight, and that heavyweight is a very small heavyweight who, by the way, is probably a cruiserweight, but mm-hmm. is fighting over his weight, weight class for, for heavyweight paychecks. Go for it, D. So I think what people need to be careful with is this, right? Would it be fair to say, let me give you an extreme example first, that if you watch a heavyweight, or let me let me reverse it. If you watch Chocolatito and Estrada, right, and you watch your level of skill, 
It's very, very fast pace, right? And people say, oh, they get hit a lot. They don't get hit more by percentage. They're just throwing more in a round, right? There's more action in that one round than there is like in other divisions in four rounds, right? But percentage-wise, you're getting hit around the same. They're just throwing more, right? But I still feel like they're more skilled than I would say your average heavyweight. 100% okay? they're more skilled. Right. So so if you watch Chocolatito and you watch the skill and then and then you watch like, I don't know, some like Dillian White, right? Yeah. Of course you're going to say, man, like this guy is more skilled than him. Like this guy's slow. He's, but nobody's going to say, oh, but man, Chocolatito will fuck up Dillian White. No. no. Okay. Right. So what people need to be careful with is assessing Makabu and looking at him and saying, man, he don't look that good. Right. Dude, he's a cruiserweight. He's not going to move like a middleweight. Okay, he's not that. You're looking at the for the wrong things. This guy's uh like guys like Usyk are an anomaly. Even like Holyfield, right? Like that's why they're the best cruiserweights of all time. So don't don't, don't look for an Usyk when you're looking at a cruiserweight. You got to look at the average cruiserweight, right? Like if you look at heavyweight, don't look for a dude that moves like Tyson Fury. They don't move like that. Okay. So you got to grade them from that perspective. Nobody looks at Macabre and says, oh, that guy is skilled uh, and all that. What you're looking for is power, okay? Punch resistance. Those are the two main things that are going that, to – that a big guy is, is going to have over a little guy, right? Punch resistance and punching power. There's been plenty of fights where a bigger guy that's nowhere near as skilled, okay, as a smaller guy still wins because of the power dynamic, because of the size dynamic, okay? And 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 the and flat out there's weight classes for a reason, right? Yeah. If you're going to make the argument it doesn't matter, then why don't we just remove all weight classes then? Let's just get rid of all weight classes. And then we could just have guys fight. Well, no, right? That's ridiculous, right? Okay. So, so if it's ridiculous to say that just remove all the weight classes, it's also ridiculous to say that there is not a level of danger there. Now, the level of danger is debatable. Okay. I still believe this is a calculated risk by the Canelo camp. It's calculated, right? That they're looking at a at a, at a crucial weight that's not. Rehydrating to 220 pounds, right? So he's not that big of a he's big for Canelo, but he's not big for a cruiserweight, right? So so there's that. And then there's the possibility that WBC was moving the weight class to 190. So there's that as well, right? But there's some dynamics to look at why it makes it a calculated risk. But when I say calculated risk, the word risk is still in there, right? Let me ask you this, Maestro. What if he hits Macabo with his best shot. Macabo's like, I've been hit way harder than this. That was nothing, little man. What if that happens? What if What if his guard is up, right? And, and what we don't know, look, Canelo has one of the best guards in the game. Absolutely. Okay? And it held up against Kovalev. And it, like, you know what I mean? There's only one guy that I'm kind of like, I don't know, that guard's going to work, and it's Better Beef. But I don't think he would use the guard against Better Beef. That's a different story, right? But 
What if Macabo just breaks through his guard against nothing? We don't know. We don't know what's going to happen. Like, we don't know the guard will hold up. So those two things make it interesting, in my opinion. Like, Canelo's not going to knock this dude out. I can tell you that right now. He's no. not knocking it No, he's not. And Macabo's got, got, got heavy hands. Ask Tony Bellu. Look at what happened in that first round. You know, um, he, he hmm. got him hurt. You know, then he went, he wanted to go toe-to-toe with him and trade, and Bellu caught him on the flip side of that, and it was a it was a war for the three rounds that it lasted. It was a very exciting three rounds, and he's come back. He's improved. He's gone on the road to get some wins. In I just Germany don't – what is – what is like, the – what I'm trying to ask is what is the big deal? Like, if he moves up to fight this guy, what's the outreach about? Well, why don't we ask an expert? Why don't why don't we ask ask an expert an expert that question? Uh, check it out. He respects me, and um, you know I wish I had a chance to get step in the ring and spar with him. But a lot of other guys I have done. But you know I'm a lot younger than Mickey at that time. Is there anything Mickey's told you over the years that really sticks by you? Actually, wrong. You know what I'm saying? It's I pulled not easy, it up. But you're picking the weakest. Okay. There you go. Here's Canelo is going to go a cruiserweight now and face Alunga Makabu. What do you make of that as a fight, Demetrius? I mean, like like I said before. You know, all due respect to Canelo, and as far as like you have to work hard for him to beat people. You know what I'm saying? It's not easy, but you're picking the weakest fighters, weakest divisions, and saying I'm the most legacy legacy fighter out there. It's like he has the power to do that. Quite sentimental. So you know, he's going up. He's picking the weakest fighters in the weakest divisions. Uh, that just doesn't hold up to reality. I mean, he went to 168. He fought all the guys for all of the belts. Well, uh, not only that, like, he fought the best at 154 when he was there. Trout and Lara were, bro, like, I, I always joke about this, right? But people are like, oh, the Charlos, the Charlos. Look, when Canelo fought Lara, okay, the Charlos were not even the best fighters in their gym. Lara was. Yeah. He was the best fighter Ronnie Shields had at the time. The Charlos was still fighting eight rounders. Okay. And I and I and I have the uh Ashley Knuckles went to the gym and took and videotaped the Charles like like they were Lara's sparring partners, okay? So so like it's whatever. So Lara, Floyd, and all time great, you know, uh Austin Trout, and then and, oh, he's not gonna fight triple G. He'll never fight triple G. Do move up and fight triple G, bro. Yeah, you know, but but yeah, that, it is what it is. No, it it is what it is. Uh, D style, it's been a great uh stream. I want everybody to come right back here tomorrow night, 8 p.m. Eastern. The round table, the HCP round table. Um, you know, we've got uh, uh, D style is gonna be with us, G Funky. Obviously, Joe Habib. I've also invited Ring IQ to join us and Coach Malachi Williams. Uh, we're going to be talking about this topic probably and definitely the big, big fight this weekend. Sean Porter attempting to wrest the WBO title away from Terrence Crawford. I don't know what we're thinking, but we're going to see it. Yes. Really quick. Absolutely. And it's going to preview everybody what I want to say tomorrow, but I'll just give you a nice little preview. Sean Porter's that tough 
domesticated dog. You know what I mean? Like he runs his backyard. You know what I mean? In his backyard, <laughs> like you know what I mean? Like you, you don't want your ball to end up inside that yard, right? No. That's what Sean Porter is. Crawford's a wolf. Okay? Mm. That's the difference. There you go. On that note, D-Style, I'm going to hit this outro music. I want to thank you for coming on. I want to thank everybody else for being here. And uh, that's it, everybody. Thank you. Out of here.